Well, good morning. I'm Rick Dancer. Um, welcome to just a little chat. I uh, wanted to talk with you about a couple of things that are going on. I think the world is uh, just kind of crazy right now. And, um, and I'm okay with that. Um, I had an interesting discussion with a friend of mine uh, this morning and at the gym. And we were talking about how chaotic uh, the world is right now and just what a nut house and a clusterfuck it is. Um, and we were, you know, you, you, I, th I think what can end up happening is it, it, it feels like everything's coming to the surface, like everything's rising, um, the, t the turmoil. And I think people are getting caught in their own trap. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at some of it watching. So what happened a year ago? We had big cities like Portland and Seattle and Chicago and LA and New York um, defunding the police. Now what are they doing? Their crime rate is so high that they're refunding the police by going to the federal government and asking for money so they can hire back the police officers that they fired um, in order to get a handle on the crime. Duh. I mean, how freaking stupid is that? You didn't see that coming. We as people have got to start using our critical thinking skills. Or, and if we don't have any, we need to learn and get some. Because who would not understand that? Portland, uh, the last thing I saw, in fact, I was talking to a guy from the state police this morning. And he said that Portland's murder rate is up like 800 hundred percent eight hundred percent and this cop was one of the cops that was up there got bruised and beaten up by these protesters um told me an interesting story and i'm not since i'm not using his name it doesn't really matter but um somebody was punching him and then later that person got shot and this cop was over helping the guy that had been punching him earlier and the guy actually said to the cop, um, wow, um, I feel bad for what I did. And I thought that was a pretty powerful story, um, listening to this and, and realizing, I mean, what did you think when you, when you make the police out to be all bad? Um, and you stop them from doing their job. And now all these cities are, you know, and, and where's the media? They're not covering this. It's like they're silent. Um, so that's one thing I wanted to talk about you. Then now the refunding of the defunding of the police. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, the other thing I heard on a radio report um, is that 1.6 million public school students are not going back to public school. Um, and people are speculating that's because they've seen now what's going on in the classroom and they, because they've been home watching their kids on computers, um, they're not as comfortable with the, with the education or maybe some of them figured out they can do this on their own and really know what their kids are learning. That's a lot of people, 1.6 million kids. That tells me that there's not a lot of faith in the process or the, or the school system that's going on. Um, Tomorrow at noon, we're going to have two teachers from Springfield who were both put on administrative leave for talking about their uncomfort with critical race theory. 
and masks in the classroom. And so they're going to come on our show. Both of them were, were, one of them was walked out of his classroom. The other one was told to uh, put on administrative leave and they'll tell their stories because I can't tell them for them. Um, but this, that's right here in Springfield. And then I think there's some kind of a rally uh, planned for tomorrow night around four or five, something like that. We'll find out tomorrow um, where people are going to go and, and protest critical race theory at the school board meeting. And it's, um, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but it's crazy. Last night, I there was a huge wreck or something on the freeway on 105. So I got stuck in traffic, had to go all the way around and come down and go through um, on Franklin Boulevard. And one of the track meets, uh, something was getting over. And when I drove down Franklin, I looked down Agate Street and it was a sea of people. I mean, there was, it was so awesome. There was thousands of people walking down the street. There was no, no cars on the street. It was just, Agate was just solid people. And I couldn't tell whether they had masks on or not. But I thought to myself, good Lord, what is this? How come we're still doing this mask thing? This is absolutely just stupid. It's absolutely stupid because I go in almost every store I go in, I don't wear a mask and nobody says anything at all. And I still see a lot of people in masks and I think that's fine if people are comfortable with that and that makes them more comfortable. I'm not here to make fun of anyone. I think that's perfectly okay, but don't question me for not having one. But why do we have a thousand people? They were social distanced. <laughs> they weren't divided, vaccinated and, or segregated as vaccinated and unvaccinated people. There was a mass of people. And yet I went into Best Buy yesterday and super nice kid waited on me, didn't have my mask on. We get about halfway through the thing and the kid looks at me and he says, do you have a mask? And I said, yeah. He goes, could you put it on? I don't want to get in trouble. And I said, you bet. Put it on. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble, but why can't I go into Best Buy where I'm around maybe 10 people at the most? And yet I could go to a track beat and be around in a crowd of a thousand. Where's the science? <laughs> I mean, come on. That isn't even critical thinking skills. That's just using your brain. Um, <laughs> it is. Oh, it's the Delta variant now. <laughs> I had a woman harass my kid's husband and I for being unmasked. Um, and what I would suggest, and don't do it back though. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you did. Um, I've been getting a ton of letters from teachers who are saying that with critical race theory, they can't even say anything in there, in their classrooms and talk to them. I got an email from a teacher that was shocking to me. Um, they feel so pressured by this and, um, and, and they feel so wrong that it's reverse racism, that it's also, it's still teaching kids. It's not teaching kids the right thing. And they're really upset about it. And that's why so many people are coming against. I also was watching something this morning and they were saying, this may be, this may have been pushed too far because now they're rallying people um, for this. Um, people are really upset about this. And maybe people are starting to see a lot of the hypocrisy that's going on around here. Um, yeah, these are my opinions. Okay. And I get to do that because this is my page and I get to have my opinions and you can have yours that are separate. And I am so fine with that. Um, the other thing, did you see that, uh, some representatives, house representatives are putting forth a bill and I don't even know if you can do this to fire Dr. Fauci. <laughs> I just saw it online. Um, 
they had a press conference and they're calling on uh, the, the powers that be to fire him. And like I said, I don't know if it's just a ploy or if they really can do it, but I think um, people are so upset um, after what we've gone through over the last year. Um, we are hitting the 70%. So now what is the governor going to do? The mass shit is stupid. Um, we are 68.2% that I heard this morning. And I can't remember what they said they needed. How many thousands of Oregonians to do it? Um, <clears throat> and I don't know if they will. I have no idea what that's going to turn into. But it's defunding, refunding, uh, Dr. Fauci changing his stories, science, no science, Hayward Field packed with thousands of people, but Rick can't go to go to Best Buy and hang around three people because <laughs> it's still here. Um, I, I think it's just, you, you guys, come on. I mean, if, if you don't see that, I just can't even understand that at all. That makes no sense to me. That have that the hypocrisy and the the um, it, it's it, it 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 makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. And um, so, what this friend of mine and I were talking about, and I'm going to read this off the thing. So, so we were talking about chaos, and I was going, "Yeah, the world is just." I mean, and I think it's just chaotic right now. And it made you know, and I said, "God, it's just unfortunate." And she goes, "Or is it?" She goes, "You know, when the world was created, what was it created out of?" chaos. Um, depending on what you believe, what I believe, God takes this, he takes this, he moves this, he moves all this chaos, and he made it into a form, into something. And in your own life, what happens with chaos? In my life, I've learned my most. I've been able to start over my most when chaos is created. When I left KEZI and ran for public office, that was one bunch of fucking chaos. <laughs> That was a lot of chaos and it wasn't easy and it was painful. And then I got cancer and that was painful. That added to that thing. And for about eight years, Kathy and I had some real struggle there in terms of trying to figure out what we were doing, a lot of chaos. And now look what's come out of that. Um, so I think the good news is something's happening. Something's starting to change. People are waking up. People are not going to put up with the being bullied or trampled on or have my voice uh, removed. Um, Kathy and I had a garage sale over the weekend in Camp Creek. And I cannot tell you how many people, but I'm at least 20 people came by our garage sale, was shopping, or some of them just came by to be there. And they would walk up to me and Kathy and say, thank you for being a voice for us. Thank you for standing up for us. And I'm not doing that for um, my job. Um, I'm doing that because I was a voiceless kid and people didn't listen to me when I was a kid. And, and I don't know, some of you may not know the story. Um, I'll tell you this. So here's how it goes. So I am, um, what's this kind of system? I'm a realist and took care of COVID. Um, <clears throat> I have a business coach and, and she asked me about a year ago, why do you do what you do? And I said, because um, I've always felt this way. I don't think people should be voiceless. I think people should have a voice, whether I agree with it or not, they should be able to voice their opinion. And she said, why? I said, I don't know. Isn't that a good reason? She goes, no, but why do you feel that way? And 
I thought about it and I started to cry and I went, oh my God, um, when I was a kid, my dad didn't listen to me. He'd ask me a question and I'd tell him, here's what I would do. Cause he was really big on what do you think? But what he wasn't big on was doing anything that you ever said. He never would listen to you. It was always what he wanted to do, not what you had suggested to do. So you felt like you were just, it was all bullshit. And so I started to cry and I told her, yeah. And she goes, so your dad's dysfunction created your dad's. Here's what I would say today. So your dad's chaos created the man that you are today. And I went, yeah, chaos is the foundation of where we change and where things start to happen. And I've been in this town and this business for 30 some, 30 some years. And I have watched apathy take hold of people. And the current situation is because people were apathetic and didn't get involved. And they let school boards and city councils and county commissions and legislatures and Congress people and senators and presidents and parties take control and run the show because we were apathetic. Well, that apathy eventually led to the last year. And I think many of us saw this and said, holy shit, we're allowing these people to control us and tell us what we can do to take away our freedom to have a voice, our freedom to, to be involved in this stuff. And we're in the name of comfort we're trading our freedom for comfort. Freedom isn't gained by comfort. Oh my God. Freedom is really uncomfortable to have true freedom. And freedom is not a bad word. It's not the F word. And a lot of people um, who are messengers of this message, um, like the media and um, the, the, the far parties and the the, the groups that are using this um, to, to, to push their agenda, um, they try to twist the word to try to twist what this all means. Uh, they change the meaning of words. I said the other night um, something about um, how they were, how uh, uh, the University of Oregon is segregating people based on whether you have a vaccine or not. That's segregation. And somebody came on here and said, are you saying this is this is equating this to racism? <laughs> it has nothing to do with racism, but it's still segregation. Segregation isn't owned by racism. There is racial segregation, but now there's vaccination and segregation. There's segregation of class. There's segregation on people groups. There's segregation in religions. But when you start segregating people based on whether they're medical choices, um, shame on you. That is, a, that is not appropriate at all in my book. So the good news I think is out of the chaos in my life as a child, was born this man, sorry, my train, was born this man who fights for people's voices. Out of the chaos of the world in the beginning, depending on what you believe, but this is what I believe. God took all that shit and put it together and created out of chaos, something foundational. 
out of me leaving KEZI, taking a risk, being, you know, not knowing what I was doing, um, just jumping in, um, that chaos then turned into the foundation of who I am today. Um, somebody is asking me, Rick, what do you think of the fireworks ban in just one area of Eugene? Oh, Rain Elias, that is such horseshit. You know, I mean, there should be a ban on fireworks, and I've never been a person that says ban fireworks, but I, I've never been evacuated from my home for a week either. And so to ban, I mean, I don't think there should be fireworks anywhere in Oregon. That's my opinion because of what, I mean, we almost lost our house. And Jan, you know, let, let's go ask Jan Helfrich up the McKinsey whose house is gone and she won't have a new house probably until, until the winter. Let's go ask all those people who are living in motels still who don't have a home from the McKinsey fires. Let's go ask them what they think of fireworks this year. And why just South Eugene? I don't know. That makes absolutely no sense to me. And I hope Springfield does the same thing. I see fireworks booths starting to go up and I'm thinking, did we not learn? Did we not read the, the, the wires and see that we are in a drought <laughs> and everything is super dry right now? And the last thing we need is some idiot with the fireworks to start a fire. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's rain. I, I, does that answer your question? <laughs> I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why is Eugene banned? Well, why did, did you see where Eugene came up with a bunch of um, spots for homeless camps in Eugene? Not one of them was in South Eugene. Not one. Okay. Does that not ring of something, something's wrong? You cannot tell me there's not a site, a place in South Eugene where you could put some some folks who are, are are needing a place to stay and the, and the very political bent that wants this to happen wants it to happen but not in my neighborhood <laughs> it's a joke it is so hypocritical and people need to start calling it out i mean we can't keep doing this um it 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 is it is just ridiculous. And see, you guys, what we need to do is just have the balls to start saying this stuff. Because you know what? Yes, I am getting death threats. And yes, people don't like me doing this. But you know what? I could give a shit. Uh, why don't you run again? <laughs> because Oregonians, you had your chance once. Um, and uh, I'm not doing that again. Because <laughs> no. you know why? It's all about the money. I, I was so naive doing that. It's about the money and all these people, I think they're really, you know, great that we have to have good people run and, and all that kind of stuff. But when you get to the level of state stuff, it is all about the money and the unions are super powerful and they dumped millions of dollars into campaigns so that they can do exactly what's happening right now. And we're going to talk more about that tomorrow with these teachers and find out too. Um, yeah, exactly, Eric. Not in my backyard. So, and, and what I don't get about that, Eric, and, and anybody else who wants to pay attention. So, so do you not see that we see that? And do you not think that we're going to put two and two together and go, wait a minute? A lot of the people who really believe that um, we need more places for the homeless, 
on the loud, you know, the real activist type people who live in the South Hills, in the south part of Eugene. Um, and so then the city council sets up these places and where do they put them? <laughs> With all of us lowlanders. <laughs> of course, I don't live in Eugene. I live outside of Springfield. I, I'm, and I'm glad of that. Um, but it's, it's, they put them in with every, you know, like that. I did a video one time. <laughs> I wish I still had it. Oh gosh, where did I put that video? Cause not even appropriate now. Cause they put a building on it. Let me see if I have it on my screen here. I don't think I do, <clears throat> but a cop told me they, they right in South Eugene next to the, uh, um, oh God, uh, market of choice across from Cascade Manor. There was a big vacant lot where a school used to be, and there was a building there the police used as a training ground. And one of the cops said to me, Rick, do you know that we use that as a training ground? And there's little houses and a picnic and everything, uh, pick, you know, to a park, it'd be a perfect little homeless camp. So I went out there and did a live saying, here's an idea. Oh my God, you would think that I said that Jesus wasn't real. Um, and um, did it ever happen? Of course not. They're not going to put a, a homeless camp in South Eugene. Oh, I'm all over the issue too. LOL. I totally agree with you. Rain Elias. That it, it, and you know, and I'm not anti-fireworks. I'm not. But I think you also have to be realistic and say, wait a minute. We are. Look what happened last year. Did, did you guys forget? <laughs> because the only place it's going to burn down is South Eugene. <laughs> what about Bethel? Oh, yeah, they don't matter. Um, what about Ferry Street Bridge? Oh, they don't matter. They got more water. Um, let's see. What about um, who else could we put? River Road. Oh, yeah. Well, they, don't, they, they need to totally annex in or we're not going to take care of them. <laughs> I, I think what you need to do is start writing your city councils and saying, hello, I'm not stupid. <laughs> I have a brain. Um, uh, yes, seriously. And I'm showing up on websites of some very dangerous people, according to Homeland Security. So I am watching myself. I love to see these warriors volunteer. Their time to actually do some good. Yeah, that would be, wouldn't that be awesome? <clears throat> Just the Lane County Fairgrounds. That's all that's going to burn down. Because, you know, fireworks are really smart. Did you know that statistically, um, when you look at fireworks, they know not to burn anything outside of South Eugene. <laughs> so that's why they, you didn't know that you guys, you need to do more homework. You know, it, it is so true. It is that, that, and, and, um, <laughs> and there's not, it isn't political. Come on, you guys. Oh man. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned. I do have a gun and I know how to use it now. And that's why I have it. Um, but I, I also am a smart guy and I take things seriously. Somebody does that, a couple people throw stuff out there like that. I'm not gonna be an idiot and just hide in the sand. So let's go back to the original point. We live in a chaotic world. Chaos is not bad. Chaos can be a beginning. But the, the worst thing you can do is stop. The worst thing you can do is let apathy come over you and say, oh, God, they, they, we're never going to get any voice. No, 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 no. You push and you push and there's going to be people coming against you. Some guy came on. Oh, I will say use his name, but he was texting me, telling me what a fucking asshole I was yesterday because I was telling you guys the silence has to end. 
and he's upset because people are getting in coming in his job, his workplace and challenging them about the mass thing. And so he's, um, you know, being selfish and saying, well, look how it's impacting me. And I'm big, I'm thinking, well, you know, sorry, sir, but the whole world doesn't evolve. You are not the sun and this is all the planets out here. Um, so grow up. And that thing he was doing was he's throwing it at me and telling me what, a, um, what an asshole I was. And I said, you know, I could take it like that. What you're doing to me right now is the same thing. And you're being an asshole. People don't like that. When you call them out, you are cracking me up, praying for your safety. I think that now is the time to push and you don't be mean and firm and mean are two different things. Um, mean is what people do when they call you an asshole and, and, and that kind of thing. Pushing is just moving forward. And I, like when I was in Best Buy yesterday, when the young man said, Rick, can you put on your, he didn't say Rick, he just said, can you put on your mask? I don't want to get in trouble. And I'm, you betcha. Up it went, went on and I'm fine. But I'm not going to live my life in fear either. So I'm going to walk into stores and I'm going to take my mask off and I'm going to start living my life again. I, I never stopped, but now I'm going to, um, I'm going to live my life the way I see fit and I'm not going to be, um, I'm not going to live in fear. Um, it's just, and, and I, and I, you know what the thing is, that's so silly is, um, and you have to, you have to really understand this too, is because I am using my brain. I'm educating myself. I'm reading and listening to all kinds of stuff from all different kinds of sources. And I'm making up my mind. I'm not listening to the media. I don't turn on the traditional media except for a KPNW on the radio in the morning. Um, and I don't, um, I'm not going to um, follow people simply because they bully me. Um, bullying is a technique and um, they can call you names and all kinds of stuff, but you have your reputation of what you do. And, um, and that's how I'm going to live my life. And I am going to give all voices, black, red, blue, green, yellow, brown. Um, I'm going to give all of them a voice and a chance to say something but I'm not going to necessarily change the way I live my life based on what people say. Do I listen and learn? I hope so. When my friend Amelia Abel, who experiences Down syndrome, told me how hurtful the R word was when she heard people call her that on the bus, I became a big advocate for calling people what they prefer to be called. Um, but but she was accurate that she is not the R word. She just learns slower than other people. And, and to me, words mean something. They're really super important. Um, when I am firm, stand my ground and call them out, they resort to insults because they have nothing to add to the debate. Um, Delinda, here, when I read that, can I just give you like my, my hit on that? Um, I think you should stand firm. I think you should stand your ground. I don't know about calling. I mean, it depends on what you mean by calling them out. Um, people are going to insult you anyway. I, I don't debate anybody. It's not worth it. It's not worth debating anyone. I don't think. Um, 
I think that, that pushing to me is not necessarily debating anyone. It's just moving forward with what you believe and be firm in it, you know, stand in it and then be willing to listen. I have a lot of black friends who talk with me about stuff um, and I ask hard questions and they ask me hard questions. You hear about the smoke that's supposed to arrive in the valley this week from Eastern Oregon. Think it's going to be bad. I'm sure it will be bad, <laughs> but I'll be in Montana. <laughs> yes, I'll be proud to be an asshole. Keep up the great work, brother. <laughs> you know, Jay, I always knew that I was an asshole. And then I had my first colonoscopy. And because I'd had some radiation for my cancer, my doctor was looking to make sure that there wasn't a lot of damage. And when I came out of the, uh, uh, woke up from the anesthesia, he said to me, you know, Rick, you're nearly a perfect asshole. And I said, well, doctor, I have always known that and I've always claimed that, but now I have medical proof. <laughs> so when people call me an asshole, I just go, oh, not just an asshole. I am nearly a perfect asshole. You don't wear a mask anywhere down here in Medford, Oregon. The majority of our restaurants are ditching all the mandates. Amanda, I ran into a woman like last week when the trials were going on um, at the rack. And she was the only person, her and her mom, and were the only two people in the whole store that didn't have a mask on. And um, the kid came up and said, um, can I get you a mask? She goes, no, I'm fine. And then he walked away. And so I walked over to her and I said, man, you got guts. And she goes, oh, I'm from Medford. Nobody's doing this in Medford. And I took off my mask. I said, there you go. Okay. In the midst of chaos, there is also opportunity. Benjamin, exactly. Bill London, you might want to up your numbers to 17. Rick listens to you guys too. <laughs> he already knows. He already knows. Intellectual disability. No, I don't use that term. That's the official term. Um, I don't use that term. I don't like it. I think it sounds horrible. Um, pushing is challenging someone's point of view. Everyone is capable of doing that. I don't think you have to challenge people's point of view. I just think you make your point of view known. I'm not challenging. If somebody else wants, if, if me letting you know my position challenges you, then that's on you. That's not me. I'm not challenging you. And Sandra, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking, you're using your comment to make my point. Um, I don't, I'm not challenging anyone. I'm just, if, if it becomes challenging to them, it's kind of like being offended. If I offend you, that's your choice to be offended. Now, if we have a discussion about that and you say, um, you know, here's why that offends me. I don't want, I'm not going out to particularly offend people. Like when I had some black guys on my show a while back, I said, do I call you African Americans or black? And they said, well, we're not from Africa. So a black American would be better. So that's what I do. I'm not trying to be offensive, but there are people out there that want to be offended and they will look for anything. And I can't do that. You know what I mean? I, life is too short. I don't have time to sit and, and get all lang walked, woked up in your language. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't have time for that. And um, retired, something needs to slow it down or cause a delay. That's what a mental handicap is. People learn or process slower. It only became a bad thing when people use it. Right, exactly happy. It, if people wouldn't have used it to calling up, oh, you're just a, you know, R, that's when it became, and, and it, you know, and, and, and so language like that changes and I feel, you know, and it really does hurt my friends with different abilities. And um, so it's, to me, it's like the N word, you know. Um, did you hear um, 
Chuck Schumer uh, used the R. He called. He said our kids like R. He used the R word in a thing. And what I found really, uh, really super interesting is the media said nothing about it. Nothing. If that had been anybody else um, <clears throat> in the middle or the right or a libertarian, they would have been up his ass so fast and all over it. And it was like crickets. No, and I heard the interview. Um, more ideas create better solutions. It's okay to be wrong. You can't figure shit out in an echo chamber. Exactly. <laughs> and <clears throat> that's what I heard Joe Rogan say this morning is, um, you know, it, you can be wrong and you just apologize. It's not that big a deal. But if you're so afraid of being wrong that you do nothing, then you're part of the problem and you're apathetic. And, um, and, and apathetic, there's a word in there that is that speaks to apathy, it's pathetic. Apathy is pathetic because all it is is you being more comfortable. Here's the thing. The problem I think in America is we wanna be comfortable and it's really uncomfortable to speak what you believe right now, especially if it doesn't line up with the, the, the culture. Um, but I don't think God ever meant life to be comfortable. Um, in fact, we're the only, think about it the last hundred years, we're like the only part of the, the world for, for, for eons that their whole purpose in life up until like what, the late 1800s, you were just trying to eat. You, were, you, you weren't comfortable because you were just trying to put food on the table. You had to find a way to stay alive. In the last hundred and some years, um, that hasn't been the goal. We've all of a sudden, we, you know, we've conquered things and, and uh, diseases and, and um, you know, and so we don't have to. That's not our, our, our constant uh, barometer for life is st not staying alive. So I think that's what the, you know, the powers that be use this pandemic to scare the fuck out of people. Um, and, and they did. They just frightened people so much. Like, you know, and then if you really sit down and look at the facts and you start looking at some of these counties around California that are coming in and going, oh, 25% of our deaths that were counted as COVID aren't COVID. Wonder how many of those there are. Follow the science. People think their way is right way, don't want to hear different solutions. Not all people, but Joshua, I know what you mean. But I think that's where we have to get to a point where we're doing something different. People are living in extreme fear. Some people are living in extreme fear. And I still see people. I, I always wonder how long it's going to be for people to take off the mask. And some people won't. And I, you know, and that's fine. Nobody should be making fun of anyone for their choices and stuff. But I don't need any more dirty looks over the mask of people giving me the shun. Um, I had a lady walked up, mine had slipped, this is months ago, mine slipped under my nose or something. And you know, I get busy and I don't think about it. And she goes by me and I know her. And she walked by me and really snotty, she goes, nose. And I went, what? And she goes, nose. And then I looked at her and I went, nosy. <laughs> I walked away because it was, I mean, shut up, you know, come on. And my wife looked at me, she goes, I can't believe you just said that. And I said, I know, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I've been struggling with this apathy. I like the way you put it. It's pathetic. All it does is allow you to be more comfortable. Yep, that's true, Alicia. Um, and, and, you know, I, I one time interviewed a college professor for a story 
and we were just getting really heady in this thing. And I said, what is the meaning of life? And he said, um, Rick, the meaning of life is to learn to be comfortable with discomfort. Um, and, and I think that is such a great thing to think about is to learn to be comfortable with discomfort. That's what we're really, that's the goal. It's not to be comfortable. Um, truly sad to see how many people I respect blindly following their deities, scientists, politicians, actors, athletes, money. I would add on their televangelists. Um, what is it about the human being that we want someone to tell us what to do? Um, I, um, I think that is the most interesting thing we are there, you know, and, and in culture, you'll learn there are first adopters and those are the people that just jump on things. And then there are people who are the more followers and you have to have both kinds of people. But I think that's really interesting. Um, Chris, what are you asking here? Hopes or hope finds you well. Do you have a suggestion as to how to adjust people assigning values or traits to strangers or political or social pressure in public to try and get a response or reaction? Oh, the are druggy, criminal, those people, illegals things thrown at people who speak their concern or need. I don't, Chris, I don't even know how you start that, but it doesn't, it never works. I mean, for me, I'm going to take your comment down so I can not have to be like my eyes are moving. Um, but what he's saying is that, that you, you, it's really easy to belittle people um, and throw a label on them. Like, oh, they're a liberal, they're a conservative um, because you, you're discounting, you're kind of, you're coming up with a reason. Um, we do this with, um, <clears throat> I have a ton of friends in recovery <clears throat> or were in recovery. So we do that with them. Oh, they were on drugs. Oh, there, I have tons of felon friends. Oh, they're a felon. We put, we attach labels to discredit people. Um, oh, that's one of those homeless people. Oh, that's one of those homeless veterans. Um, and I, I, I think people do that because one, they're uncomfortable. They, we have to. They're Republicans, they're Democrats, they're liberals, they're libertarian. Um, when I was running for office, I was always called a rhino. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> come, Lars Larson was coming, always calling, but the answer is a rhino. So I finally had to go online and look up Urban Dictionary to find out what the fuck a rhino was. <laughs> it's a Republican in name only. So it means you're not Republican enough. So where's the measuring stick? It's just like measuring your penis. <laughs> Can I use the little app on Apple to measure where I where I fall in terms of how Republican or how Democrat I am? I can push. Maybe there's an app that I can find out how to label myself. <laughs> and then once you start labeling people, then then they they fall out of your label. But see, once you got them labeled, then you've got them tagged, and so then you can discredit them and you bully them. And if you can get everybody else to believe, because um, I get this with, because I think critical race theory is ridiculous because it's just another form of racism. Then I get not my black friends, but the white people who are the, the vigilance, you know, you are bad because you're white. Um, they come after me and say, you're racist, you know, and, and, and you can't fight it. Um, I just live my life the way I live it. I had one lady come on. I have a friend, you know, I have a friend, a black friend, um, Derek, and we got out and had coffee the day before. 
Then a couple days later, he came on, on my show and he said something. He was talking about something. Some lady goes, what did you do? Go out and find a black friend? <laughs> I was like, so I showed her the picture. I said, no, we were at and had coffee two days ago. He's a friend of mine. Um, and then Isaiah Wagner is a really cool guy. He he's um, he's the one who stood up and tried to get people, white people, to stop burning down buildings when Eugene had the riots because it was making the black community look, I mean, it wasn't what they were trying to do. They were trying to show a, a rally. They weren't trying to burn things down. It was the white people that were burning them down. So he was trying to stop them. And, and Isaiah and I do not agree on everything at all. Um, but he's a friend of mine and he's on my show. And I had <clears throat> a, a lady in the community call me up and she's, she's really mad at me. Just like, I can't believe you had him on your show. You know that he did it. And I said, I like him. He gives a different perspective. And that's what I'm looking for on my show. And shame on you. You should be ashamed of yourself for letting him on. It's like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> I feel like we have been in a state of chaos for so long now. I mean, I had someone call me crazy for asking for my change at Walmart. Literally crazy for wanting my change. Um, yeah, this has shown the ugliest side of human beings. Um, and I, I, you know, that's what I, when the mask came off, I think people, I think some of the problem with masks, one of the problems with masks is you can hide behind it. And so you can be judgmental because they can't see your face. And I still see your eyes and I see how they're looking at me and I know it. And I think once those came off, it made people, it makes people have to be human again. I think the mask dehumanizes people and that's why I'm so against them. And the fact that they don't work. Um, labels are a way to dehumanize and discredit a group of people like the term anti-vax. Exactly, Stacia. Um, um, that is so, because someone doesn't take this vaccine does not mean that they're anti-vax. Because how many people who aren't taking this vaccine that is in test, in trials right now have had all the other vaccines that are out there? Um, that went through the process and they're not in that phase. Um, but see, that's where they get a hold of the message. They get a hold of that word and they start throwing it at you. Boom. So if, if you don't believe this, this is what you are. And I say to that, bullshit, bullshit. And you don't get to call me a racist just because my skin is white, because that makes you a racist. If you're judging me by the color of my skin, you don't want me to judge you by the color of your skin. And yet it's okay for you to judge me by the color of my skin. Bullshit. That it doesn't work that way. Um, it's, it's the same thing. I'm a liberal and disagree with about 50% of the current liberal cost constituencies. Well, Eric, when I was running as a Republican, a rhino, <laughs> my own party didn't like me more than the Democrats did. <laughs> the Democrats probably treated me nicer than than um, people in my own party. I remember when I found out I had cancer, I had more Republicans come on and say, good, <laughs> than I did Democrats felt bad for me. So it's not, it, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't do any of it. Any plans for your birthday? Well, Steve, how did you know my birthday's coming up? Yes, it's on, what, Tuesday next week. And I will be in Montana celebrating with my youngest son and his girlfriend. And my wife and I are taking off and we're going to go travel around the country. But I'm still going to do some of these. So you'll still see us and we'll show you where we are. 
what is the quote? What people think of you is none of your business. It's the quote is what other people think of me is none of my business. Um, Cause someone is determined to misunderstand me no matter what. Oh, you should see my, you should see my um, emails and messages and stuff. I get so much um, people just going, you're, you have a huge influence and you're making people do this and you're making people do that. And, and you don't know my audience. I can't make you people do. You guys are some of the most obnoxious people I'm sure that I've ever probably never met, but I'm not making you do anything. I am expressing my voice. It gives other people a voice. And the goal here is that you use your voice to go say what your truth is, not what Rick Dancer's truth is. And that scares the hell out of them. Um, just scares the hell out of them. You should do some hunting or fishing. My son is a fishing guide, so we probably will do some fishing. And then in the fall, we're going to go down with a van company and take some video of him doing his hunting thing. So I'm not a big hunter, um, but yeah, I like, I like fishing with him. I'm not a fisherman. Um, I'm not, I don't pretend to be, um, but I do it with him and I like it. Um, but yeah, but thank you, Eric. So anyway, um, I have a meeting at 2.15. We also, tonight, we have a show at 5 uh, with the Boy Scouts of America. And what they did was they got me four kids. And um, one of the things I love about the Boy Scouts of America, or the Scouts are what they're now called, because they, they, boys and girls, boys and girls have been involved in it for 20 years. But now it's just more official. Um, but what I love about it is when you walk up to their building here in Eugene, it has all these truthfulness um, steward all these words that guide you to scouting and kind of the things that they try to teach kids and so i'm going to have the kids come on tonight and we're going to talk about those words what they mean what it means to be truthful what it means to be conscientious what it means and what i love about kids is when you get them that you know in younger people um, they give you some really answers that i can use as a 60 one and almost 62 year old man and so you should tune in for that because i think it'll be charming and i think it'll be eye-opening and uh, if you have a kid and you're just wanting them to get some great uh, time out doing stuff scouts has a lot of great programs out right now um, i have told my kids that other people's opinions of me do not define who i am because opinions are like assholes everyone <laughs> but joanne if you've been watching long enough you know that everyone does have one but mine is nearly perfect. I don't like to brag that, you know, did you guys, I'll tell you one more funny story. So, so there's some page and somebody saw something like this, me ranting and, and, uh, they wrote on their page and they tagged me and they said, I think Rick Dancer is an asshole. He's a, I think he's a, a dipshit. He thinks he's so cool and blah, 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 on and on and on and on. <laughs> so I saw it, went to his page <clears throat> and I said, oh my God, you don't even know the half of it. He is the most arrogant, <clears throat> snotty, self-centered person I've ever met. I'm with him all the time. I sleep with the guy. <clears throat> and I said, the only reason I hang around him because he's so good looking. <laughs> it shut the whole conversation down. They didn't know what to do because I was agreeing with him. And then I was being really arrogant and saying, oh, he's so good looking. And, and, and they're probably all just going, God. What an ass. My wife goes, did you seriously say that? And I go, yeah. And she goes, Rick. And I said, honey, that's what's fun is when you when you agree with people. See, I was agreeing. I'm agreeing, you know. 
And do I have that high of an opinion of myself? No, I'm just a guy who does what he does. And I love what I do. And I love human beings. And I love conversation. Um, I love people's stories, you know, and who they are. And I love to watch people figure out that what they think really is important. And it's okay for them to think that. That, <clears throat> that's like <clears throat> the best for me. And that's what I do what I do. Um, I have the ability. Um, I have the sponsors to make this financially viable. Um, and I think my greatest gift is I'm curious. I had a photographer one time tell me, um, you are the most curious person I have ever met. And seeing curiosity, it, it killed the cat, but you know what it does for me? It makes it so I want to know who you are and why you do what you do. I'm sincerely interested. Someone asked me, what would you, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? You know what my superpower would be? I would love to be able to look at someone and know their story. Like, look at them. But now here's the problem with the superpower. There's always a downside. Because in order to really look at someone and know their story, if I could just do that, I wouldn't be able to have a relationship with them. I wouldn't need to have a relationship with them. And when you start finding people and you start meeting with different people that are not like you and that uh, make you uncomfortable and, um, and all that, uh, that's when you start to grow. Um, that's when you start to see um, who you really are and what you're made of. Um, it's pretentious because I got published. Yeah, you know, I don't listen to any of it anymore. You just can't. Um, so anyway, so let's go back to, let's kind of capsulize this. Chaos is okay. We don't need to be afraid. Comfort is not the goal. It's living in being comfortable with discomfort. That is the goal. Um, apathy is the enemy. Um, challenging people because of what we believe. If our beliefs challenge people, I wholeheartedly agree. If we're trying to challenge people, I don't know that I like that. If we're trying to make people see our side, doesn't usually work. Um, the best way to connect with people and, and, and get them to hear you is for you to hear them. So if you want people to hear you, you need to start listening better to what they're doing and what they're saying. Don't have to agree, um, but you have to listen. Love to be around people too as an RN for 34 years, hear their stories to understand them. Max, please, I bet you have the best stories. I think nurses would have the greatest stories. I knew that your birthday's coming thanks to Wikipedia. There, I think Wikipedia puts it wrong, though. My birthday is actually the 29th. And I think one of them has the 28th in there. Hey, you have a good day, too, my friends. All right. I will see you guys at 5 o'clock. Tune in to hear the scouts um, tell us what it means to be trustworthy. Because what we know is we can't trust the media to tell us what it means to be trustworthy. And we can't trust a lot of our legislators and people in power. So I would much rather trust a bunch of Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and <laughs> all them. I think they may have a little more knowledge than the others. All right, I'll see you guys in a little while. Hey, thanks for joining me. That was really fun. I, I feel better. I feel so much better. <laughs> Oh, uh.
Oh, 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 oh,